Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Get ready for some meaningful January football, Jets fans. That's where we have arrived at. Two games to go for the New York Jets. Two wins and a little bit of help, not a ton of help. And this team is heading to the playoffs, snapping a long drought. Uh, the team they face this week in a similar situation started great struggled lately and trying to get in that is the seattle seahawks we're going to preview that game we're going to talk about uh, mike white returning to quarterback we'll have our picks of course and we're going to be joined um kind of <laughs> michael sean dugar little, and yeah. zach had a debate <laughs> on a different podcast and we have borrowed it it's good content so we'll run that as well lots of great stuff coming up on the can't wait podcast i'm tim mcmaster along with zach rosenblatt and marissa dunn let's jump into it guys um we have a fun guest too. I should throw that as well for and picks. I and I am live in Seattle, by the way. Oh, that's where I, I was going to start. I, I, yes. I, had clo- I had to close the. Sorry to, to jump on your points, but I, I had to I had to close the curtains because it's like so gloomy and like cloudy outside that like the the lighting was very weird in here. So actually, you know what's going on the there black, though in your shot? Curtain. If people are tuning in on YouTube as opposed to the audio version, there's like a green glow. I think it's off the microphone mixed with your shirt and the background. <laughs> there's like a Jets vibe going on. There you go. Yeah, it's definitely on purpose for sure. Or you could no. say it's a Seahawks vibe, but we'll we'll go uh, with the Jets vibe. See, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> um and you just raised your coffee <laughs> yeah. and we we talked about this before it is iced coffee which i think people have come to res- respect and appreciate from you depending respect on or expect i don't know it's, expect it varies yeah. <laughs> no matter what time of year it is um but it is not starbucks and it's, you're in no Seattle. it is not i fighting back <laughs> fighting the fighting the man uh it's actually a place called diva coffee which is mm, seems fitting. fitting for my role yes. on this show <laughs> well, it would have been more fitting if it was your predecessor, but I was yeah. just Touché. going to say the that was a better thing. joke. Good point. Spot on, Tim. Spot on. <laughs> All right. With that, let's get into things. Um, obviously, we talked about it a bit on the first episode of the week on Tuesday. Mike White making his return to the starting lineup for the Jets. But obviously, since we recorded that podcast, Mike White's gotten to talk and the team got to talk about it. So just Fill us in, Zach, between Tuesday and now that we record Friday, 
Um, what's the feeling around this team heading into this game with Mike White back under center? It, it's it's funny. It just kind of, I don't know, it, it, this feeling, this week felt like deja vu in a lot of ways. Um, the difference being that people like have a little better idea what to expect with Mike White than like when he was first named the starter. But, you know, you heard a lot of the same stuff from Robert Sala earlier in the week about Zach Wilson. Um, you're hearing a lot of the same stuff about Mike White and, and guys talking about him and the boost he can provide. And uh, out, I, I don't know. It's it, it it's just very interesting to me. It just it just feels like we're back to where we were going into that that first game he started against the Bears a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know this. You know we talked about this earlier in the week. You really do get a vibe in the locker room that they thought they were dead. I think everybody was well aware of like the chances of them making the playoffs after they lost that game on Thursday night. Uh, and, and it's like a renewed uh, positivity. It feels like which had been there even during the losing streak. And you kind of didn't feel that after the Jaguars game, but the, with the way everything played out, like it, this team really does feel like it can get there. Now um, Mike white out of all their quarterbacks, he's the most likely one to get them there. It's not going to be easy on Sunday that as we were talking about before the, uh, before the pod, uh, the Seahawks and jets are like eerily similar in the way that they've gotten to this point. They're both fighting for it. The next game, the game, even if they win this week, they have to win next week too uh, against the Dolphins team that is a little bit in disarray right now, but they're talented. So, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks. And as we talked about, again, it's it's hard not to like repeat the same points because we've been talking about, like like we said, we I, I get complaints from some like readers about always talking about the quarterbacks. And I feel like we've like re-hit the same points because guys keep getting hurt and then coming back in and then they keep reshuffling the order of the quarterbacks. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. Mike, Mike, we're going to learn a lot about Mike White these next two weeks. I think he knows that even he's done a good job of like not talking about that kind of thing. He, he he's kind of like Sala in the way that he's good at like saying all the right things. He's like, I'm not, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just trying to, you know, win for my teammates and all this stuff. They actually had, they had some interesting behind the scenes with him and his, uh, his wife and his kids, they do a one dredge drive series every week, not every week, but it's like a hard knocks type thing. I actually made a pretty big cameo this week. I sent you guys the clip a little while ago. <laughs> like the, it was the moment we found out Zach Wilson was starting against the lions. It's like me telling another reporter in, in the room and us being like, Oh boy. Um, but, yeah, uh, check that out. uh, boy green tweeted that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think that specific clip if people, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but they had some behind the scenes stuff with Mike white and his kids and his wife and, he said a lot of the same stuff that they both like said to me, but it actually like showed them like playing with the kids behind the scenes. And um, I don't know, it was, it was cool seeing the home side of him, but he also was talking to, they also were talking a bit about when he got hurt against the bills. Uh, it, it, it was interesting to me what hearing it from his wife's perspective. Cause she, you, I'm sure you've, you've kind of dealt with this Marissa to a degree when you're like not at a game. Uh, I don't know if Michael's gotten like hurt when you weren't at a game or anything, but um she was saying like, so the first time he goes down, he stays in. She figured he just like had the wind knocked out of him. Then he goes to the locker room and she's no, she has no idea what's going on until somebody eventually calls her. Uh, and yeah, then he... So, so um, there, there's a lot of like team officials. I know yeah. like, in our situation, um, one of the security guys is great with updating family members when uh, somebody gets hurt. 
but it's a pretty helpless feeling. Um, yeah, yeah, especially when yeah. you're in your in your living room or whatever. Yeah, yeah. When during training camp, when one of the preseason games, we had a friend um, that's uh, boyfriend got hurt, and she, I was at the game, and she was texting me, and like, <laughs> what's going on? I felt on? so yeah. bad. Like, I, yeah. I was in the stands. I didn't know, but you know, it is a very helpless feeling. I, I never, never really somebody thought, you care about, yeah. you know, down on the field. Totally, you really can't get any information. And I never about. thought about that on like that yeah. side of it, honestly, before until I was watching this. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just. The part I was getting to is, you know, she she was like freaking out. She didn't know what happened. And then he goes out onto the field and they ask her, like, were you surprised that he went back on the field? She's like, no. <laughs> like and Mike, Mike's like, you, you were going to you had to drag me off the field. In retrospect, it might have been a little risky throwing him out there, but they didn't they didn't have like the full breadth of like the x-rays and all that or whatever, like whatever the test they needed. But anyway, a little sidetrack there. But it, I, I, you learn a lot about Mike White that I feel like we haven't really like when Zach Wilson was a quarterback, I, I never felt like um, this isn't a criticism because some guys like their privacy, but you never felt like you really were getting to know Zach Wilson when he was a quarterback here. I, I know he's focused on trying to become big, but even just in these, like these few weeks, I feel like the whole fan base like knows everything there is to know about Mike white already. And another thing that I keep coming back to, and I keep thinking about, which is crazy to think about and why their decision about whether he's the guy is so fascinating is that he's only started like we said, I think we said this early in the week. He's only started six games in his career. This will be like his yeah. seventh career start. Like that's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> like that's less than a guy that after his rookie season, like at the end of this year, he's gonna have started a max of uh, eight games in his career, and they have to decide if he's the start starting quarterback for twenty twenty three on a team that wants to make the playoffs. Like it's a very difficult decision the Jets have. You can make it a lot easier if he gets them to the playoffs. Even then, I still don't know if it's an easy decision because you're still like, all right, was do we have enough sample size here? to say we can we believe him as a starter or do would we rather go and get someone like Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, who we're going to talk about. Like would we rather go and get someone who's more proven commodity, has more, you know, body of work, has been to the playoffs, all that stuff. So I don't know. Mike White can make the decision way more difficult than if he just has a couple of bad games, obviously. Yeah, and he downplayed the idea that he's playing for his long-term future with the team uh, this week when asked, which is probably what you would expect to hear from Mike White when asked that question. You mentioned Derek Carr, so let's go there next. Uh, the yep. Raiders officially benching Derek Carr for the final two games of the season, not because he's playing badly, but because if for some reason he was to get injured in these last two games, uh, they would owe him $40 million over the next two seasons, $33 yeah. million for 2023 and 7.5 for 2024. Now, the key to that is like if he was the planned quarterback for 2023, that wouldn't really be that scary yeah. of a risk because that's what you expect to play, pay a franchise quarterback. So obviously it points to the Raiders being ready to move on. It's funny that Jared Stidham is going to get the start for the Raiders <laughs> because he's a guy who was drafted with the Patriots and there was thoughts at one point that maybe he was going to be Tom Brady's replacement. And, um, and Josh McDaniel, I think wanted him to get some action at some point with the Patriots and never happened. But now, now these years later in Las Vegas, McDaniel will see what he has in Josh Stidham. But, um, it's interesting. Where does he fit as far as the jets go, Zach? Because we've talked about, a lot of names who could be the Jets quarterback in 2023. We hadn't discussed his name yet. It would have to be via trade. I I, I wouldn't say it a hundred percent has to be via. Or, I still there, right. That's yeah, true. there's still a part of me that thinks he might get cut just because that contract yeah. is pretty significant. So he would have to agree and renegotiate. He has no trade clause. Also, as a factor, that's why there's so many like interesting layers to this Derek Carr discussion. Because first of all, you have 
I think you've seen both sides of people criticizing the Raiders for the way they're handling it. Um, which I get like, and it seems like his teammates maybe aren't happy with it. And I get all of that, but also if the, if the Raiders aren't planning on keeping the next year, like if he gets hurt, you're, you're, you're locked into a lot of money and they're a team that has done a really poor job managing their roster. And I think they have to completely rebuild everything. <laughs> Uh, which I'm sure Devon. I think Adams, the crazy thing is that they haven't been eliminated from the. Playoffs. Yeah, that that's sorry that's to interrupt. Not, yeah, no, no, you're totally right. I, I I forgot about that point. They're technically. I mean, they would need like a million things to happen, but yeah, they're technically still in the playoff race. Um, and then in terms of like what happens next for him, like I said, there's the no trade clause. There's so he has to go somewhere he wants to go if they're going to trade him. The team that's acquiring him either have to be okay with the contract he has, or they have to get him to negotiate down to reduce the cap hits coming up. Cause they're pretty, I forget what the numbers are, but he would be guaranteed something like 30 something million this next year. And some of the next year he would be guaranteed money. And and that year he's making, I think there's like a 40 something million dollar cap hit. Like I think Derek Carr is a solid quarterback. I don't know if you want to be paying him $40 million. Um, and so that's kind of, so we had a, we had a story in the athletic this week where a, a bunch of the uh, writers that cover teams that are candidates to trade for him, like came up with trade offers for Derek Carr, I had a tough time coming up with one for the Jets because number one, they, they're not like flush with cap space this offseason. They they can clear out some guys, but they're not flush with cap space. I I think it'd be better you'd be better off waiting to see if he hits free agency than trading too much for him. Um, and also, I'm not 100 percent sure if he's the best fit out of all the candidates. Like I, everybody points out, he's really bad in cold weather his whole career, and the, it's going to be cold in MetLife. I mean, not in the beginning of the season, but it will be as the season progresses. Um, and, you know, if, if Derek Carr looks at the Jets, like, does their offensive line appeal to him? Because I'm sure he wants to get behind a good offensive line because he hasn't really had that in a while. Um, you do have the weapons. You do have the elite defense. So there is, like, definitely an appeal here. It's an up-and-coming team, good coaching staff, all that stuff. Um, but I don't know. I, I, is he the best option? Like, I, my offer was a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick, which I think Jets fans would probably be okay with. Right, uh, but probably won't get it done. That's the, yeah. the questionable that, thing, that's, right? That's the thing. Like, so if the Raiders – you know, I mean, to your point, like it probably will be a trade because you can see a team like the Colts or Washington, like paying too much for a guy like that because they've done that in the past. Carson Wentz, both of them traded for Carson Wentz too much. <laughs> um, uh, so you could see that happening. Like I said, Derek Carr has people. The funny thing is Derek Carr would be the best quarterback the Jets have had statistically since like Joe Namath. But they're good enough now that it's like, is he the right one for what we had? Like, it's, it's funny, like the Jets are in a place where they can afford to be nitpicky kind of, but also you don't want to be, be sitting there at the end of the off season and not have any of the, of, of the great options. If you like, you're being too cheap. So I'm, it's going to come down to who Joe Douglas and Robert Sala want the most and how much they're willing to go after those guys. And I mean, Jimmy G makes the most sense on paper. doesn't mean they're going to go after him or if he's their guy. Um, you know, I think you can see scenarios where uh, they, they either do a guy like Jimmy, a guy like Jimmy G, by the way, I mean, we'll get into him in the off season. I'm sure. He comes with injury risks, so you need a good backup at that point. And are you going to be okay with Zach Wilson as your number two, or are you going to be willing to pay Mike White whatever it takes to make him the backup? Like that's another aspect of it. But anyway, so I do think the Jets are absolutely a candidate for Derek Carr. I'm just not sure they would trade maybe what it would require to get him if he does wind up breaking free and hitting free agency. I I think they would explore it. I think they'd ex they'll explore a few of these options. Um, but I, I'm less confident that the Jets will wind up with Derek Carr than maybe some of these other teams that that might want him. 
Certainly going to be interesting. One more name into the mix. It's going to be a fascinating offseason when it comes to the quarterbacks. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's move on to the the Seahawks in this week. And speaking of quarterbacks, um, Seattle's in an interesting place, right, when it comes to quarterback. Um, Well, first of all, these teams, let's talk about the similarities because they were both 6-3 and through nine weeks. They're both seven and eight now. They're both clinging to playoff life. Seattle, 22.7% chance of making the playoffs, um, slightly more than the Jets. But really, the scenarios are the same. Both teams need to win their final two games and get some help. And honestly, I think the help the Jets need is a little easier than the help that Seattle needs. But the percentages are what they are when it comes down to the people that are coming up with that stuff. But what that comes down to is that we're looking at a playoff game on Sunday in Seattle. Um, the winner stays alive. The loser is, is all but done. Um, the teams have done it differently too. The jets obviously led by their defense. Seattle's defense is one of the worst in the league and they were led for half the season by their offense. And that brings us to Geno Smith, who, um, was supposed to be a stopgap, right? Like they trade Russell Wilson and you would think, all right, we're going to get by with Geno. Rebuilding year, yeah. Yeah, and then eventually we'll figure out what we do at quarterback. Um, and then at the midway point in the season, hey, we found our franchise quarterback. He's 32 years old, but here we go. But now he's kind of taking a few steps back. So they're in a fascinating place when it comes to quarterback as well. Yeah, and, and even beyond, like I, I went on a radio show in Seattle and I went on our uh, athletic Jets pod, uh, not Jets, Seahawks podcast, uh, Man to Man Uh which we're going to be having a, a clip from uh, in a little bit, but um, and I, we, we were talking and it, it's very similar seasons also in the sense that both teams came into the year thinking this was like a rebuilding year. Like maybe we don't make the playoffs. I think the Seahawks expectations were lower than the jets, honestly. Um, and now like they both started really well. And so the expectations got raised and, and the idea of making the playoffs became the expectation. <laughs> And then they both went into this late season swoon and now fans are 
you know, I think on the verge of being upset. I don't know what the vibe is in Seattle. It, it sounded like um, from those conversations, they they're more in the in the camp of it's it's not worth like, uh, you know, getting it. If you're not going to make the playoffs, they would rather they almost would lose the last two games. so They can go and get a quarterback, whereas I think Jets fans are so desperate to get back to the playoffs that they're like, you guys better make the playoffs. <laughs> um, so I, that that part fascinated me, too. Um, and the funny thing, the Geno, obviously, there's the Jets connection with Geno. Um, they keep the the Jets have used like Gino as an example of why Zach Wilson can can bounce back from you know whatever's going on here. Um, eight, eight years from now, yeah, that's how that, that was gonna, <laughs> I was going to say. So in 2026, just lock Zach in for the Super Bowl, <laughs> and not Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl. <laughs> anyway, um, but I mean the Gino story is pretty remarkable. Honestly, I don't think anybody saw this coming this year. I know he's had a couple of bad games in a row, but. I mean, if the Jets have Geno Smith as their quarterback right now, they're they're they probably have two more wins at least. I mean, you at can least. say it about a lot of guys, but the fact that we're saying about Geno Smith says a lot. Um, and there's a lot of symmetry there in terms of rookies kind of leading these teams. You know, the the battle for offensive and defensive rookie of the year, the defensive one we're going to talk about about with my conversation with Mike uh, Sean Duger. Um, but Garrett Wilson's also batting with Kenneth Walker, their running back. So like this game can go a long way towards clinching the award for either Sauce or Garrett Wilson kind of thing. I still think both are the the front runners in those awards. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's a fascinating matchup. I think the jets match up with them pretty well, but they have not scored the ball lately. And that includes against two defenses that were supposed to be bad. Like the Seahawks defense on paper is not very good, but the lions and Jaguars defenses have been given up points and in, in yards all year. And the jets couldn't do anything with it. Uh, same with the Vikings defense and the jets, you know, kept getting stopped in the red zone. If the jets offense does not get going, they're not going to win two games in a row. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. So, that that's kind of the it, if the season ends and you know and they only have seven or eight wins we're going to look back and be disappointed that the offense was not able to live up to how good the defense was and i think it's worth a conversation about who deserves the blame for that and all that but that we can save that for another day when you look at gino and and how he struggled recently uh last week the chiefs really got to him uh, he was hit seven times i think uh, 215 on the yardage. He had a touchdown, a pick. His rating was 74.5. But he's thrown five interceptions in the last five weeks after really being pretty stingy with the ball early on in the season. And it feels like this is a game where turnovers are going to be key. Yes. And, and I think you look at that and the fact that and the, and the deeper numbers kind of tell the story, too, that he's been making riskier throws in the second half of the season. This is an opportunity for this Jets defense to really make an impact with turnovers. Yeah, I mean, that's been a problem area. For as good as the defense has been, they have one forced turnover, uh, I think, since the bye. And that was against the Bears late in the game when C.J. Mosley had the interception when the game was already over. So they haven't had a meaningful forced turnover in a long, long time. They know that. Jeff Ulbrich has really like talked about how that needs to be fixed. They need to, they need to capitalize on these plays. I, You know, I think a lot of the debate with sauce and Tariq Woolen has been about how sauce doesn't have interceptions. Like this is a real opportunity for him to change that. I, I, the, the Seahawks, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they avoided sauce, but they do have DK Metcalf who can match up with anybody. Cause he's, a, he's a freak of nature. And if Tyler Lockett plays, um, which I think they're expecting him to, I'm not hundred percent sure in that he's another challenge. So whoever sauce winds up against, he's the ball's going to eventually wind up in his area. And I think this would be a huge opportunity for him to, make a statement about how it's not even a discussion with him and Tariq. So um, they need to force turnovers. A lot of that starts with pressure up front. Um, but yeah, you know, actually, I guess they did force a fumble. Quinn Williams did force a fumble last week, I should say. Right. right early the in the game. Yep. Yeah. 
didn't mean to forget that. Yeah, that somebody's pointing that out now. Um, just thought of that. But anyway, they they need they need turnovers and they need to win the turnover battle. Uh, and they need the offense to score. That's they need to force turnovers. They need the offense to be more productive. And we'll we're gonna really like find. I mean, it's the end of the season. Obviously, you hope you find out about the team. But we're we're gonna. If, if they can come out and, and have a good offensive game, then all of a sudden you're starting to think, oh, that maybe the Jets are kind of frisky with Mike White all of a sudden. And if they beat the Seahawks and, you know, you hope that your Jets fans should be rooting for the Dolphins this week to beat the Patriots. Because uh, ultimately, they, the Jet, even if the Jets win both games, if, the, if they wind up with the same record as the Patriots, the Patriots get in. So, um, so yeah, you want to root for the Dolphins this week and then win and in next week. And if they can get the offense going this week, the Dolphins defense is beatable, I think. So you, maybe you go into the the last week feeling better about things, even if it's in Miami where the jets, it's been kind of a house of horrors there over the years. And Tua has been ruled out for that yeah. game. Uh, not necessarily the the jets game yet, although it feels like that's a very good kind possibility of feels like that, as well. Yeah. Uh, but he won't be playing and that game's in new England over the years. That series goes that way a lot where like the Patriots can never handle the hot weather in Florida early <laughs> in the season. And then the dolphins can never handle the cold weather in new England at the end of the season, they end up splitting. Um, so it'll be interesting, but the dolphins or the Patriots get the bills in week 18 too. So there's that, that could go down. All right. Um, that's going to bring us to the clip uh, that you have with Michael, Sean Dugar, Zach, you want to uh, like late night TV talk show, set this <laughs> thing up for us, set, set up the clip. Um, so in this scene, you'll see that. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, we, we both like kind of semi debated. We more just like presented the case for sauce and Tariq as the defensive rookie of the year. I think Michael, Mike, Sean Duger makes a, he makes a pretty good case for Tariq. He, he brings out a lot of stats. I, I didn't come as prepared the stats. I, it was more just like, I talked about just watching sauce dominate all season and shut people down. And I actually wound up, I wrote about sauce today in the athletic, um, I wrote a story about how great sauce season has been and how uh, Tariq's the one thing standing in the way of like him making history because in the last 40 years, only four rookies have been pro bowlers, all pro and defensive rookie of the year. I think sauce has a real shot at that. The last ones were Michael Parsons last year. Um, then Damakong Su, uh, Patrick Willis and Javon curse uh, and no cornerback has ever done like the triumvirate. So um, Tariq Woolen's the only thing standing in the way of that, I think. I, as I'm guessing as of right now, sauce gets voted in all pro. I, I maybe that's a bold take, but I, I really think that's a high possibility. And then if he wins defensive rookie of the year, like it, it could not have, you know, gone much better for your draft pick if that's what happens. So anyway, uh, so our conversation is about Tariq and sauce and we kind of get into it a little bit and Mike has a lot of stats that kind of back it up, but, uh, I enjoyed, uh, going on their pod and, and we had a good chat, I think about this. So we'll have a quick break and then we'll, we'll roll the clip. <laughs> And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's time for it's time for the greatest debate in sports. <laughs> it is time. It is time. It is time. Tariq Woolen versus Sauce Gardner, uh, two favorites for defensive rookie of the year. The Seahawks have already uh, basically every time they mentioned Tariq in a tweet this week, they have called him potential defensive rookie of the year winner. Like they are keeping <laughs> into it. I loved Sauce's tweet. Uh, oh, that was, that was really week. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it! Why didn't I save it? Chris, do you have that? Do you have Sauce's tweet? Can you find that for me real quick? It's still yep. up, I think, because he didn't delete it, so I think it's still up. Oh, I looked, yeah. I looked it up the other day. Uh, you can't delete that. That's just an amazing <laughs> – just, just so much shade. Uh, you got that, Chris? Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Give me a second. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I would, I would yeah, love I a rookie library here, man. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that when this week was coming up because it, it's kind of cool to have rookies kind of doing this. I feel like guys don't really do this kind of stuff anymore where they kind of talk a little trash. No, nah, they, they really don't. And it, it, I think I'm, I'm about to hold on. I'm about to put my old head hat on. <laughs> but I feel like it is what we're seeing in basketball and football. It's that that these guys all play on these like seven on seven mm. select. And they, all, and they all know each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they go to these Nike camps and they meet each other when they're 15 and they try to recruit each other to these schools and they're, they're all buddy buddies. So by the time they all get to the league, it's kind of like more more brotherhood, less feud. Um, which is which is fine, but yeah. And, and also, I feel I feel like when you get to the NFL, a lot of these coaches are trying to tell them like, don't make a headline from your comments. Whereas Sauce like can't help himself, and I, I don't know what Tariq's like personality wise, but Sauce like, you know, you ask him something, and Sauce like can't help but like say a little something something every now and then. Yeah, Tariq's pretty reserved in that way. It doesn't say a lot, but if you poke him, you yeah. know, like he'll he'll you know he might say something. You got that tweet, Chris? Man, how far was it? Man, when did he said this I, I found it. I can read it if you want. Oh, there we go. Here go we go. ahead. Go. I should have asked the Jets reporter. <laughs> and he said, right, uh, Jets Nation, just want to say that y'all are the reason I passed whoever was leading in Pro Bowl votes at the cornerback position. And then he thanks the fans for supporting him. But the, the main point is that line. So whoever, whoever leads. Oh. And, he, and he knew what he was doing when he did that, too. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He 100% knew who leads. That if, if he didn't know just by looking it up, his agent A would tell him, or B, Jets fans would tweet it directly to him, <laughs> like screen grab. Oh, and he was track. He was track. I know for a fact he was tracking the votes. I want. There was one day in the locker room when the when the voting was still up. I'm like all the way across the locker room, and he yells across, he says, "Hey Zach, you vote for me yet?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm not voting, sauce. You can vote. You're a fan of the game." I was like, "All right." <laughs> All right, so I have uh, – we did an exercise, uh, me, Zach, and um, Colton. Shout out to Colton, who uh, covers the Lions, doing a great job covering them for the for the Athletic. We basically had to, like, make a bid for def- the defensive rookie of the year candidates that we cover. Uh, Colton handling uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who's having a great year. Zach handling Sauce and myself handling Tariq, who's playing well. So I already have a bunch of numbers in front of me for this, but, Zach, I want you to go, or I can read some numbers for you, but I want you to make the case for the good old Sauce Gardner as a defensive rookie of the year what you got floor is yours yeah you know he's he's just like you know just in, ter- in terms of the jets he, he's changed everything they can do on defense just because he's completely shut down his side of the field you know I, these last few weeks he wasn't targeted against the lions a single time uh which i i can't i can't think of many times our rookie hasn't been targeted over the course of like four quarters in a long time um like that's like an old school like 
on an island thing where they, because of the rules, it's been like harder to have a guy that can do that where he shuts down a whole side of the field. And, and so he's allowed Robert Sala to do all the things that they want to do on defense. And, you know, he, he's gone against all this, all the star receivers this season and not a single one of them has really Stefan Diggs beat him for a long catch. Uh, when they played the bills, it was the first catch of the game. And then Diggs did not beat him the rest of the game. Um, he gave up a touchdown against the Browns, but, it was a miscommunication with the safety, like the safety was supposed to come over and help, and he didn't. And so that was the only touchdown he's given up all year. And so you look at, I know he doesn't have the interceptions. I think he has two. He had, I think he's among the league leaders in, in uh, pass deflections. Um, he is forced, the league leader. Forced mm-hmm. completions, I believe, on PFF. He's like, he's up there. If not the league leader, he's one of the top couple. Um, and yeah, he just he just doesn't get beat. And if, if he does, it's like one time in a game. And, you know, they, they don't really move him to like follow guys, which I know – some have taken that as like a negative, I guess, but he, he is capable of like in, in week one against the Ravens, he followed Mark Andrews. Like he's, this is his first game of his career and he's shutting down Mark Andrews. Who's like one of the five best tight ends in the league. Um, and so he, he's just been able to do some really amazing things. He's a pretty solid tackler. Uh, he, he had a blitz against the dolphins that injured Teddy Bridgewater and got a safety and kind of set that game off where they killed them. And he just, he just made such an impact on this defense where, both him and DJ Reed together, but especially him, they shut things down on the back end that allows Quinn and Williams to dominate up front. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't watched, I honestly haven't watched enough Seahawks to like completely judge how they use Tariq Woolen or anything like that. I can only base it on what I see. And I have a hard time believing there's even been very many better corners in the NFL this year than sauce. So that's kind of where I'm at. Here we go. That's a good pitch. Oh, thank you. <laughs> also, the I will say this: I watch a. For, there's like three teams that I'm just oddly tuned into. It's four. It's the Chargers, the Lions, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Wow, those, those are four teams that are just messes too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, wow, I did yeah. not put that connection together. I, I guess I would just need like the Commanders or something to really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This dysfunction. Uh, but yeah, those those four teams I'm just following closely for just strange. I don't know. I just don't like, I follow you. I follow Will. I follow Connor. Like I follow a bunch of people who cover the jets. <laughs> I would not follow otherwise, but I would to add to that. When you watch some film of sauce, like that dude looks like he'll be good forever. Like yeah. he'll be the dude who, if he's like 46 years old and still wants to play and his son is a rookie, <laughs> like, yeah, put sauce and sauce junior in the same secondary on some Frank Gore and Frank Gore Jr. shit. And he, uh, he was he was given he was blessed with some God given like size and athleticism too. Like you can't like recreate Sasuke. Like I've never seen a corner that I mean Tariq Woolen, honestly, is probably one of the only other ones that kind of looks like him where he's tall and fast and athletic. So like his ability to like if somebody beat gets behind him, he's able he recovers in in a really amazing way where he still breaks passes up. So he's I don't know, he from literally day one in training camp, and I, I try not to make too much in training camp, but sometimes you can kind of tell if a guy's like the real deal. Like he was, he was not getting beat by anybody one on one, and that includes Garrett Wilson, who's a stud now, Corey Davis, a veteran, uh, Elijah Moore. Like he, anyone who was lining up against, he was shutting them down in camp. And and you know, when they had joint practices, he picked off Desmond Ritter. Um, I, I mean, he practiced against Ritter a lot, so I'm sure that that wasn't as as hard for him as some other quarterbacks. But yeah, I don't know. I since day one, since I since I got here, which was in training camp, I. I've never really covered a player that was this good right away before. Uh, yeah, this dude got some. The ceiling on this guy is yeah crazy. And the thing, the thing that we have as we get to Tariq here, the thing that we have in Seattle, which is very like good for evaluating corners, is DK. Right? So it's like if you can go one on one with that guy, yeah. it's just like all right, he is the measuring stick. Can you, yeah, can yeah. You, can you handle this in practice. Yeah, because they don't make many receivers that look like him. Yeah. 
right yeah like you'll be fine generally speaking the, yeah. some of the unicorns out there it really doesn't help like covering dk i don't think prepares you too much at all for like covering stefan Diggs, for yeah. example like that's just totally different yeah different. yeah yeah get get the point but yeah that's Tariq that early in camp very similar to sauce it was just like wow huh they sure can't catch a ball on this guy well that's <laughs> weird because he's a rookie oh well no end zone fade to dk ah i can't catch it holy <laughs> shit wow and this is when the uh Tariq's like the backup you know to think that like three weeks into the training camp or whatever it was like huh there's two other guys better than Tariq beats me uh <laughs> two guys who don't play one of them's not even on the team anymore uh and Sidney Jones I do want to read some stuff on on Tariq here uh and sauce because I do think they are the two best corners in football yeah which uh, is pretty crazy but I, yeah I, I agree honestly honorable mention to James Bradbury of the Eagles who I don't think made the Pro Bowl which is weird um but it Probably also one of the best corners in football this year. Crazy. Anyway, uh, read some of these numbers here, which are really great for both guys. Uh, passer rating allowed, um, which is flawed, but I still like using it for corners. Uh, Tariq's at 53, uh, which is second among all corners. Uh, minimum 200 snaps, so we weed out some of the guys who play like one snap. Uh, Sauce is at 63.3. That's sixth. This is all according to next-gen uh, stats. Shout out to them. Uh, yards allowed per coverage snap, which is also a good stat for corners, which is not as flawed. Uh, it's actually really good. Sauce and Tariq tied for fourth at 0.8. That's nuts. Let's put that in perspective. That's not even a full fucking yard, man. <laughs> like these guys aren't giving up anything uh, when when they're out there covering. Pretty ridiculous. And if they do, they're not giving up a lot of yards. Uh, hawk rate, and I love hawk rate. I've mentioned this on the show uh, before. Hawk rate is the rate at which a guy makes a play on the ball when he's targeted. Just a mm. just a great way of uh, gauging corners, whether you pick it or knock it down. Uh, it's just great. Uh, Tariq leads all corners at 25.5%. Insane. When every yeah. four times you throw it at Tariq, it, he's it getting can his get hands it. on it. Yeah. Sauce 22.9 is number two. Just, just ridiculous. That 23%. Uh, so I don't, that's not one every four. That's like, I don't know. I'm not good at math, but <laughs> either way, I know that's a shit ton, which is why it's second. Uh, Tariq leads the league in interceptions with six, also pick six. Sauce has two tied for, I think, 14th. Uh, there's a shit ton of guys with, with two passes defense sauce leads the whole league with 16 which is nuts because i think he's played every game right 15 yep 15 games so 16 uh passes defense in 15 games yeah. bananas uh Tariq has 14 <laughs> in 15 games he's tied for third like these dudes are just right on it uh with one another the next gen stat stuff on touchdowns allowed gets a little funky like you said zach sauce is really only giving up one he's credited with two Tariq's credited with giving up three Really only giving up two. Uh, that yeah. I don't really like. And, P P and PFF has Tariq with five, which I'm guessing is wrong. Yeah, yeah PFF's numbers is a reason why I like next gen for, yeah. for for DB stuff in general, safeties and corners. Yeah, because uh, PFF does a lot of not guessing. I don't want to say that. That dismisses the what? intelligence of their guys. Yeah, it's just more like, like they're they're evaluating based on without having all the information or whatever. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, it's not yeah. projecting. That's probably yeah. the better the better word. Like assuming this was the coverage, all all that other stuff. Uh, Targets as the nearest defender, Sauce has 70s, Tariq at 55. Tariq has the third lowest target rate uh, among corners at 12.4, Sauce at 15.2. So you got two, which is a uh, tie for 20th. You got dudes, you got two dudes here built like fucking freaks, <laughs> covering the ass off, making plays on the ball when they come. But the reason that, uh, but the reason I think uh, Tariq is the guy for the defensive rookie of the year just far is when the ball does come his way, he is making plays on it at quite literally the highest rate uh, in the league with six interceptions. And 
I do. Here's the interesting thing, Zach, and I'm curious where you stand on this. The not getting thrown at thing, because I had this argument with Jets fans quite a bit uh, recently. Um, getting <laughs> they, retweeted they, by they, you. They, they, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm always worried when I retweet people because Jets Twitter can be pretty mean, but you've dealt with them, you said. so. <laughs> yeah, the Jamal Adams trade has like yeah, yeah. actually prepared Chris and I for dealing with, with Jets fans. They are... <laughs> They're, They're a, a wild bunch. bunch there. Yeah. And they do not like but not, not to real, real quick. Funny thing about like the PFF stuff. So like sauce is well aware about how crazy Jets fans are. And and so like there was a time where he got dinged for a, a touchdown that he didn't actually give up. And he he quote tweeted it. And then Jets Twitter just like went at PFF until they changed <laughs> it. And the PFF changed it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've also learned about PFF. I don't want to just shit on them, but yeah, yeah. They can be like a phone call from a player or a coach can get them to change some shit. <laughs> like I know a player on the Seahawks a couple years ago with yeah, hit he hit them up after the season and he got like 200 yards removed. Oh my god, I did not know that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not name the player, but that's like so you can they can be swayed. And I feel like if you're doing your, your job right with DBs, you should never be that far off. Like you yeah, should not be hundreds of yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh off on a touchdown can be whatever, but like dude. How how you think I gave up six hundred yards? Yeah. <laughs> and then I could convince you I gave up half of that in a phone call. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's 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 pretty good. I'll tell you guys when we're done recording um, <laughs> which player that was. But the, the not getting thrown at thing is so interesting because I I was really big on that, particularly when I you know grow, growing up loving Revis and Sherm uh, in particular because uh, they were two guys who were able to shut shit down. And then the more I watch, and I'm curious on how this has worked out for Sauce, like. How that's going when he's at, when when he's not getting targeted? What is happening? You know, because you can see a guy not get targeted. Like the Seahawks have had problems with that. You know, I'll give the most extreme example. One game they had him shadow Antonio Brown. I think it's 2015. Antonio had like 60 yards, but then like Martavius Bryant or something, or Marcus Wheaton had like 200. Mm-hmm. You know, and Big Ben threw for like 400. Um, so the the not being thrown at thing cannot always be inherently good for the defense. Like they could score a touchdown still. Or they could throw a pick six somewhere else. You never really know. But when Sauce isn't getting targeted, Zach, what is happening with the Jets defense? Is it like usually a net positive when quarterbacks are forced to go the other way? Huh, that's an interesting way to phrase the question. Um, I'll say what teams t- tend to do against the Jets, and they've done this even when in weeks when they would target Sauce a little bit more. Um, they try to dink and dunk them to death. It's all in the mm-hmm. middle of the field. It's they're going after Michael Carter the second, who's their nickel corner. He's pretty solid. Um, I think that that's a, one of the, I think it's underrated how hard of a job it is to be a nickel corner, honestly. Um, but so he gets targeted a lot. So he's one, he, a lot of the yards come from the running backs on screens and they come from tight ends getting covered by the linebackers. Like, so like you, you the, the lines like barely even targeted Amon Ross St. Brown. I know he's, he's mainly in the slot, but, um, and like the outside, I don't think DJ Chark really had any targets that game. Uh, so th- they, they, they really change what the teams are playing have to do against them. Uh, I'll say, which I think is is an impactful thing. Like you're not seeing teams really take shots down the field against the Jets as much. Uh, and when they do, it's because they did like some sort of trick play and they tricked the linebackers and the tight ends wide open like against the Lions. So um, I don't know. I the, the Like we talked about, the defense has been really good this year. So I think it's what they're doing is working. They They don't give up very many points. They don't give up a lot of rushing yards most weeks. And their problem has mostly been on those the, the short yardage thing. So I I think what it does is it forces teams to try and beat them slowly. And some teams mm-hmm. are able to do it because the Jets haven't been in scoring on offense. And other teams are not really able to do that. So that and that's where the Jets have been able to win. So <laughs> yeah, you'll need like what uh 17 points or something yeah, like that. I, I th- yeah, I think there's something like seven and one when they score more than 18 points. And wow. 18 and 18 is <laughs> not even that much. So that tells you everything. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's an amazing stat. Yeah. All right. Welcome back. Good conversation, Zach. Do you, you know, now that you've listened to it back, do you have like a last rebuttal or, or case to be made for? Uh... Well, I hate the sound of my own voice, so I wasn't actually listening to it that much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I think somebody actually pointed this out and I was thinking about this today in, in the, in the chat. I think one of the big reasons that anybody arguing for Woolen does it, I think it's because expectations for sauce were high. I don't think people had expectations for Woolen. And so while I think he's having a great season, um, I think he's getting extra credit because of like the narrative aspect of it. Whereas I, in, in my mind, and again, like I haven't, I think I said it in there. I haven't watched the Seahawks enough to like fully like judge Tariq, but I just know the impact sauce has made on the jets defense. And I've seen him just not get beat or when he does, it's, it's one play and then he doesn't get beat again. And he hasn't really given up, uh, any touchdowns in my mind, because the one that he's dinged for, uh, by PFF was against the Browns where it was a miscommunication, I think with Jordan Whitehead. And even Salah said that it wasn't his fault. So I, I, I've never seen a rookie have, not, I shouldn't say never, like Michael Parsons just last year, for example, is pretty amazing. But as a corner to have the season he's having at one of the hardest positions to play, I think, in the sport, I, he's, he's the defensive rookie of the year for me. And I, it, to me, it's not especially close, though. I, I think Woolen has been remarkable. I am excited to see Woolen against Garrett Wilson this week. That's yeah, gonna be, yeah. That's gonna I, be I, was, I was thinking it, it, it'll be a, Garrett Wilson can go and help Sauce clinch the award if he if he really yeah. wants to just go and get some big catches yeah. on Tariq. Eight catches for 110 yeah. and a couple touchdowns. Exactly. Help the team. Get everyone get it. Get his teammates. Yeah. And then awards. Sauce can and then Sauce can force a fumble on Kenneth Walker and just make it like a double whammy. Yeah. And everyone wins. Um, all right, cool. With that, let's move on to the picks presented by Bet MGM and our guest picker this week, Rohan Padier. I think I said that right. Rohan, yeah, you nailed for it. Coming on, man. Oh, thanks guys for having me. I'm excited to for the picks. Yeah. All right. Well, I we like to talk to the guest picker a little bit before we get to the picks. Oh, yeah, so we'll start there. You're you're from Jersey. You still mm-hmm. live in well, you live in Brooklyn now, but you're from mm-hmm. Jersey originally. Um, but just talk about, you know, how it how you became a Jets fan. Because, you know, in Jersey, you you know, Giants, Eagles, Giants, there's there's some Eagles. options. Yeah. Uh that that was the thing is that I came to football pretty like late in my childhood. I was like 12 when I first started like paying attention. And that was the year that the Jets went to the AFC championship game. And Vinny Testaverde was the quarterback. And I won. What a great name, Vinny Testaverde. Love the name. <laughs> and so like I didn't know that much about football. I was like, this guy's a great name. And he was like fun to watch when I watched him. And I was like, okay, everybody I know is like either a Giants fan or an Eagles fan. And so I'm going to be a Jets fan. And uh, they and then when Vinny Testaverde got benched, he got benched for Chad Pennington. And I was like a huge Chad Pennington. Fan. <laughs> I was like, like, I loved him. I thought I was he's a Rhodes Scholar. He's so smart. He like <laughs> threw to Randy Moss in college. Like he is like the first game that he played. I remember this distinctly. They were like, unlike Vinny Testaverde, Chad Pennington goes and high fives all his teammates, high five the entire special team stuff. It's like the Zach Wilson, like, Mike White dynamic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, totally, a hundred percent. And I was a big fan of Herm Edwards. Like, in mm. two, like when I was a teenager, he was like the coach. You know, you play to win the game, all that stuff. Like, huge, huge fan of that. And like the two thousands, two thousands Jets from like two thousand to like two thousand and like ten was like very much like what the Jets are now, right? Like competing for a playoff spot, battling for that last wild card spot. But then when like Rex Ryan came in, that's like, you know, that's like the golden era of like 
to me that's like the golden yeah, yeah. era of like jets fandom and at the time i was living in boston i lived in boston from like 2010 to like 2015 and you know the patriots are a religion there so it was like made me feel good that i was like a jets fan in like <laughs> territory and i have like distinct memories of going to this bar in harvard square that was a jets bar like in the middle of harvard square called tommy doyle it's not there anymore and i watched you know the champ both both years when they beat the patriots oh, nice. Oh my God, like, that's my Super Bowl. <laughs> right. so you, so you, uh, you were telling us before uh, yeah. we went live. So you're you do some stand up comedy and you and you I, I do. think you have like a theory of why you're a Jets fan that's tied. Oh uh, yeah, something? yeah. There's like a lot related to stand up and being a Jets fan. So <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, first of all, stand up is full of like missed opportunities and, and failure. <laughs> you think that everything is going good for a while. You think you're like a great comic. You think you've got a lot of great jokes. You think you've got time. And then you do it and you're like, oh God, I'm a giant massive. Uh, this this didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Right? And then it's like, okay, that's like a lot like being a Jets fan. But then there are these like moments that like transcend that like like you're just chasing these moments you have a great set maybe someone says something nice to you who you admire <laughs> after a show maybe someone maybe a fan recognizes you on a dating app you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and you're like and you're like oh crap this is great and like that's what being a jets fan is like too 2015 season brandon marshall ryan fitzpatrick 10 and 6 you know that was a really really fun year nobody expected them to be good that year and uh they were and so like then there's that then there's also like the Adam Gase years, which, you know, nobody else nobody really wants to talk about. And that's like my first like four years of stand up comedy. So, like, <laughs> so, so, yeah, like uh, being like learning from your mistakes, chasing these really, really good feelings. And then every once in a while, everything kind of goes well for you this season mm -hmm. and uh, it's going and, and you feel good about everything. So, so, yeah, that's it. Being a Jets fan, there's a lot of. A lot of heartache, but a lot of really wonderful moments. Uh, watching Drew Brees get sacked by, I forgot who it was. Maybe, I forgot who it was. I was that was like one of the one Jets games I've been to. Drew, they they beat the Saints, Drew Brees the Saints, and it was like, uh, he got sacked like three times. It was incredible. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. so that's my overarching philosophy. Love it. Yeah. All right, so on with the picks we go and marissa you have the uh the standings we'll take a look things are getting tight again two in one week from dave last week for the listeners uh puts them back in a tie with zach for the lead we're all terrible by the way yeah. uh, the lead being 21 and 24 Yikes. on the season uh i'm 19 and 26 i was two and one last week so that's one of the making up I think some it's, ground my third winning week of the year, oh, maybe wow. something ridiculous like that. Marissa, seventeen and twenty-eight. Yeah, after another one. Those, I just yeah. get one one right every week. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's you are consistent. Yeah. All right, we start with the leaders, which um, we could go either way, but I'll I'll let you start, Rohan. So let us know who you got. Listen, this this week I've also decided to theme my picks mm. uh, okay. this week. Okay. These are all picks that are Jets that are Jets related. I'm not going to pick the Jets or Seahawks. You know, I don't want to jinx. Okay. Do any sort of jinx. But my first pick is going to be the Dolphins over the Patriots plus mm. two and a half. I that's the line I see. I don't know what everybody yep, else's right. line is. Plus that's two and a half. MGM line. Yeah, that's the yeah. But two and a half. I think that Teddy's going to pull it out. But I don't know. Have any really any anything really to say? I think they he's gonna pull it out. They're better than they're better than people think. And uh, think, Mac yeah. Jones is not good this season. Yeah. So uh, there's that. Second pick, 
Uh, Panthers plus three and a half against the Bucks. Sam Darnold is playing. He's got an incredible running game behind him. He's throwing. He's playing competently. This is what I wish he was doing with the Jets. <laughs> they didn't. I don't think he really got an opportunity to do that with the Jets. There's a lot of turmoil in the upper management and the coaching and stuff. But I never. I don't think he was given a fair shake. But he is in Carolina and he's been playing all right. So that's my second pick. And then my third pick is Monday night. Bills are going to beat the Bengals and have something to play for next week. Should the Patriots win against hmm. the Dolphins? So like you it. know, all three Jets-related picks this week for me. I like that. That would be a good weekend for the Jets. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. plus three for the Panthers. Are you okay with that instead of the three and a half? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I, 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 just I agree. Checked. I would still take plus three. Absolutely. I just checked and it's three and a half. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right. Never mind. Um, there you go. Correcting yeah. the correction. Because right. I, I picked that one too. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right, Zach, but that's not a good sign for you, Rohan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go Steelers plus two and a half against the Ravens. Uh, especially mm-hmm. if I don't they don't get the impression Lamar's gonna play again. And the yeah. Steelers, it feels like they're in a crash course to getting a winning record again just because they always wind up with one yeah. with, with Mike Tomlin. Like Tomlin somehow. He can't. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's on another hot streak at the end of the season. Like it, he's got he's trying to his best to not let that streak go. Um I got Niners minus nine and a half against the Raiders. Uh, I mean, Jarrett Stidham's the quarterback, and the 49ers are, are very good. So I don't I mean, unless Stidham has something up his sleeve with McDaniels. I'm still know. watching that Raiders clip over and over again. The one, the the fumble. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was like uh, beautiful. Imagine <laughs> yeah. if that hadn't happened, where the, the Jets may be right now. But oh, yeah. my God. It's probably be over already, games. right? Yeah. Yeah. I was watching. I was actually in Vegas on a plane back, and mm-hmm. I had it on my phone watching. And I'm like, "This is just another Patriots. Yeah. Patriots win. They always do this." And then that <laughs> happened. I was like, "They turned into the Jets. This is incredible." Very Yeah. My last one. I got Jaguars minus four against the Texans. Jaguars are rolling right now. The Texans have been playing well lately, but I feel like the Jaguars. I guess this game doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah, for the, the game doesn't matter. That's the only um, thing. Yeah. Is it just I, Tennessee? It I'm all just, comes I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick yeah. with it. But I, I didn't think about that when I saw the line. But yeah, the game doesn't really matter. So I'm curious to see what the Jaguars do. But I still think they pull out the win. And Texans want to get the number one pick. So they might maybe try to pull some guys out of the game or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the Jags are riding that momentum. So yeah. I, I yeah. think. And the, I can't you know, see them mailing it in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. Right. All right. I have. Um, I'm actually going to go Patriots over the Dolphins Ooh. minus two and a half. Like but before you get mad at me, Jets fans, I do think the Bills are going to crush the Patriots in week in, 18. In week so 18. I don't think this, I don't think the Patriots beating the Dolphins means that much against the Jets because I think they still lose a game. I just think yeah. with uh, up in New England, backup quarterback, the Patriots somehow find a way to win that game. Uh, Giants minus six versus the Colts. I just think the Colts are just so bad at this point. Giants are starting to get a little healthier, um, making their own push for the playoffs, obviously. The number's a little big, but I'm going to go with it. And then finally, um, going against your pick, Rohan, I'm going to go Bucks Ooh. versus Carolina minus three and a half. Now, I thought it was three, but I'll stick with it at three and a half. I just think really that could be for the division right yeah. like if they win that game and they get a little help the bucks can clinch that awful division this week and i think with that on the line tom brady comes up with a good game and beats the panthers yeah you, i'm Marissa. always i'm always very much sorry just quickly i was just like yep. tom brady i will always bet against tom brady it's never worked for me i want to be clear it's never ever worked but i will always do it 
<laughs> well, I feel like right, it's time. like the Brady and, and Rogers, like all season it's been like, and then they're both going to end up back in the playoff. Like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I am going to go Panthers also, um, uh, plus three and a half at the Bucks. Uh, Eagles playing for that number one seed. I know Jalen Hurts is in practice, but he's probably not going to play. Eagles minus six and a half versus the Saints. I don't think they want to take this into next week. I think they're going to end this and be the number one seed. Um, so Gardner Minshew. And then uh, Giants minus six versus the Colts. This one I wasn't a little too positive about, but um, I don't know. I think I, I the Colts are just a disaster. And yeah. I think the Giants are the Giants are like kind of coming back together after uh, they started strong and then were like didn't look like the same team. So Giants minus six is my last pick. So we will see if I can redeem myself heading into the new year. Yeah, I think I the Eagles definitely win that game. It was the six and a half that scared me away yeah. from that yeah. one. But definitely a little, a little uh, high spread there. But uh, I mean, I don't think they want to take this into next week. I think they're going to want to rest everybody. I don't think Jalen Hurts should play until the playoffs probably. Yeah, so. same. We'll see. All right. It's going to be a fun and wild weekend for Jets fans in the NFL in general. I think overall there's 24 teams that still have hopes of the playoffs with two weeks to go. It's pretty amazing. Um, And and a lot of those things will be figured out uh, on Sunday and Monday night. So thanks for joining us for another episode of the Can't Wait Podcast. Thank you to Rohan. Great stuff. Um, Good luck with the comedy as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you. By the way, I should say real quick, I don't think Chris Trevler will be called up this week. Uh, I'm less confident. No. Uh, it's possible, but I don't get the sense that that'll happen again. Um, well, he's been called up how many times so far? Twice. Twice. So he's got one more. Yeah, one more. Maybe um, you save that. I want to see a pa- I want to see a fun package. Yeah, I yeah, I know. Another more. Fans, more fans got mad when I suggested that he might not like actually mad. So <sighs> I feel like my influence is too strong with this stuff. <laughs> um, but also, happy New Year to everybody. I've had yeah. a lot of fun mm-hmm. this year doing this probably with you guys a couple yes. more weeks to go but uh thank you all for for listening and, and tuning in every week to this craziness yeah we i i had thrown out the idea of new year's resolutions for the jets i feel like we could do that next week maybe too, yeah since it'll be the yes. new year so uh we had a lot to get to this it, week this all game right, if you... could determine a lot of those new year's resolutions <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> true. the other thing the other idea i had was like could we do like what gifts to return from the Jets perspective? But I figured it would just be Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, we've railed against him enough at this point. But, so. Yeah. So that's, that's not even fun at this point. So, yeah. all right. If, if you want to join the athletic, read all of Zach's great stuff and Michael Sean Dugar, who you heard on this podcast too, uh, two or no $1 a month. I double checked Marissa $1 yes. a month for 12 months, great deal. but that's going to run out soon. That's just through the end of the year. So get in early, go to the athletic.com slash can't wait to get that deal one dollar a month for 12 months enjoy the games this weekend we will talk to you again i think on what do you guys think monday or tuesday monday is a company holiday by the way but we can do it we'll we'll figure this out yeah. Yeah. we'll figure it out early next week we'll yeah. have a full recap. <laughs> talk to everybody